Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, it's Thursday night. Can't believe it's footy team selections night and it's round 22. Unbelievable. And this is the hour where you get involved. It's so pivotal that we get you involved on the temper at Bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can call 13 12 55. The teams are in and we're looking ahead to a derby here. Derby number 55 between Fremantle, the home derby, and then a farewell, David Mundy, all the home supporters like the Eagles supporters. Farewell, Josh Kennedy. Last uh, Sunday, it's the uh, Eagles and the Dockers here, 5.40 on Saturday night and across everything that's happening in AFL footy. A very good evening, Kim Hagdorn. How are you going? Hello, Peter. How are you? Derby lead up. 55. 54 previous derbies have just been pulsating. (laughs) I'm not so sure the 55th has been as pulsating with West Coast looking at the Wooden Spoon and Fremantle looking at uh, perhaps a top four finish and particularly given that Fremantle beat the Bulldogs last weekend and now they'll beat West Coast on, on Saturday night. They should mm. beat uh, Western Sydney the following weekend, even though it's in Canberra. They've shown Fremantle that they can win on the road this season. It's a new Fremantle. Uh, it's the newest Fremantle that we've had uh, for, for seven seasons. They're going back into finals, but I think they'll also get, really give it to West Coast on Saturday night. I think, I think the platform... West Coast have allowed their coach to lay in preparation for this loss is so evident that Fremantle are going to win this. I, I don't discount that Fremantle could win this with a new record uh, margin. Really? Or, or Fremantle, I don't think what, they, what is the record? Well, Fremantle's the best win in a derby is 75 points in Derby 32, August of 2010. It's going to be wet, so that might be a saving yeah. grace for Eagles. Yeah. And I also sense that there's some more changes out of the West Coast. There's not many changes to the team, and you'll have it there in front of you, Peter. Uh, there's not many changes to West Coast out of last weekend's emotional day, and the coach said it was a great day, an emotional day, and talked about it as if they'd actually won the damn game. Uh, for Josh Kennedy's send-off. But looking at the team changes, Dixon, Nelson, Rotham added. So they should. Rotham should be in there. Nelson in there because I wonder if he'll take on the tagging role on Andrew Brayshaw again. Remember how successful Mm. that was to halftime in the round three derby? To halftime, Andrew Brayshaw has had eight possessions. And love or hate Jackson Nelson, he'd done a damn good job in running with Andrew Brayshaw. And why that... Tag was released at halftime to allow Brayshaw to have eight possessions in the first dozen minutes of the third term and then finish up with 19 possessions in the second half and push toward being one of Fremantle's better players. When you're six goals down at halftime, I was surprised at Mm, that. And looking mm. back from my notes today, I thought, okay, Nelson will be in the team tonight. So he's in as an interchange. Is he in there to run run with? He will be playing for his career. Josh Rotham is called up, as he always is when there's a doubt on a ruckman and a key defender Mm. because he's so versatile. But I can tell you that Josh Rotham, I understand, is going to ask to be traded for the way he's been treated over the last couple of seasons. Not at all. Doesn't surprise me. And I think there's more even players in contract at West Coast, I believe, are going to ask to be traded because of where the club is at. And as I said to you last Thursday, Peter, 
This is not the club that we've all come to grow, to, to respect as a powerful football organisation. Not this a destination club anymore. No one wants to go there. I, I cannot find out who West Coast are targeting for that very important pre-season pick, the pre-season mm. draft pick. Where the, I think West Coast will finish last and have pick number one in that pre-season draft. Even though they've got about 6% on North Melbourne? I, I, I don't discount North Melbourne winning one of their last two games. And mm-hmm. certainly the Gold Coast next weekend, round 23, uh, at Marvel Stadium. So, But the percentage could, could narrow. And I think West Coast can finish last. And But who they're targeting, they, they don't seem to be able to get someone in that prime position where they'd get a player, an uncontracted player for nothing at pick number one in that preseason draft. I can't pick up who they're getting. They've mm. missed out on. Now, Cameron Zerha, we have talked about. Fremantle talked about him a bit, but I've got a bit of news on Fremantle because Fremantle is going to have to get rid of players. We've said this for weeks. Because Fremantle's first pick in the draft is pick 13. Their next pick is not to pick 72. So we'll come back to this in a moment, Peter. It's, it's mind-blowing to think how Fremantle are going to get Luke Jackson in the door with just a pick at pick 13 and a pick at 72. Mm. They have to give up players to get draft picks in. Or does Melbourne come back to West Coast and say, if Jackson wants to go home, you are the ones we want to deal with because you've got pick number one, pick number 19, pick number 25, pick mm. number 37, or West Coast could get Jackson through the preseason. I don't think that, that Luke Jackson would do that to Melbourne. I don't think that would be ugly enough for him to sit out and come to West Coast. So it's a long shot. Fremantle are going to get Luke Jackson, but how they're going to do it, they have to give up players. Like Acres to North Melbourne, for instance, what pick do they get for him in that trade? It's a good deal that's been on the table to Blake Acres. Mm-hmm. Griffin Lowe, closer and closer to leaving Fremantle than staying. Do West Coast go for him? They should. Absolutely they should. West Coast should be trying to get the likes of Sam Pal Pepper from Adelaide. That's the type of player they need, as well as the kids they're going to get. But anyway, I, Bailey Williams dropped but back, but back to the emergency yeah, list. Yeah, which keeps keeps him open to he's, maybe a late recall. He's on standby for Nick Natanui. Rest assured, Nick Natanui is not, not healthy. And some decisions during training today and out of training, how they pull up tomorrow, the likes of Nick Natanui, certainly Jake Waterman, with his crooked knee, mm-hmm. probably should already be going to surgery. So Kennedy gone, Rioli out, Nat Newey doubtful. So clearly Williams is there as the standby in case Nick Nat Newey pulls out Saturday afternoon. Okay. On the Hazen uh, Mardo show, of course, Adam Simpson is a regular on Thursday, and he was asked about Brody Grundy. And at this stage, there's news that maybe Colling was prepared to pay about $300,000 a year out of his, of course, huge salary for him to move on. Uh, this is what Simo said about maybe, are they looking at Brody Grundy and the cr- recruits at the West Coast? Yeah, I find it hard to talk about uh, opposition players. I, I don't know, I just feel like it's, I know there'll be a time when we'll openly talk about who you're going after and who uh, who needs to leave and stay. I just I just find it hard to talk about. I know he's popped up recently in the media outlets and um, everyone makes assumptions that that's, those things are going to take place, but not many of them work out, do they? Um, so, I don't want to be part of the scuttlebutt because it'll make the papers and then I'll have to justify it to someone else. <laughs> mm. So there you go. That was Simo's oh, I think call. he had to respond that way, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, especially a Brody Grundy. I mean, that's that's just come up this week. But what I can add there is Brody Grundy is now highly likely, almost certain to go to Melbourne because Melbourne have realised we're losing Luke Jackson. Mm. We want to play and, and get a Ruckman that is 
the heir apparent to Max Gorn. Max, I'm not saying Max Gorn's going anywhere in the next few years, but somewhere not too distant future, Max Gorn goes. And he's, Bro- and he's happy if someone like Grundy comes over to take a bit of a backseat and be the number two. And Jackson was perhaps going to be that as Jackson evolved. That's not happening. So Melbourne have pounced. And the arrangements I understand with Melbourne is that Melbourne and Collingwood are willing to are willing to pay three hundred thousand dollars a year for the next five years. There's five years left on this big deal <laughs> for Brody Grundy. He still wants a million a year. So the seven hundred thousand dollars that I'm led to believe was the highest bid that Melbourne was willing to make for Luke Jackson. Five years, seven hundred a year for five years to stay. Fremantle have trumped that by a long way, as we know. It's a seven or eight year deal at at one point two, one point three, one point four million somewhere there. So Grundy looks certain to go to Melbourne. So I think Adam Simpson was respectful there to say, look, I'm not buying into it. But it was a polite way of saying, I'm not talking about anything we're doing because, Pete, they've got pick number one, pick number nine, and also pick number one, probably. At worst, it's pick number two, isn't it? Mm. In the preseason draft and certainly this draft coming up. We know uh, Will Ashcroft is going to be number one. If North Melbourne have the next pick, then West Coast got the other or vice versa. There's still some damn good players that are on the market and certainly being talked about and followed daily that West Coast can pounce on it and pick number one or two uh, behind the likes of uh, Will Ashcroft. So, so as you've just mentioned, uh, your understanding is that Josh Rotham at the end of the season will ask maybe to be traded to yep. where he can get more opportunities at maybe another club, which is ludicrous, really, because... He should be getting a lot of opportunities at West Coast. Oh. And he showed two or three weeks ago when he was given that role on the board and he kicked those two goals and he was up and about. And, of course, he hasn't been cited since, which is just crazy. So, you know, for Josh Rotham to leave, he's the next generation of West Coast Eagles players and they're the sort of players that the West Coast Eagles need to retain. And uh, he's been, as I've pointed out, right throughout the season, he's been a yo-yo in one week, out the next. And he's got every right to say, hey, if the opportunities aren't here, then I maybe have to look elsewhere. Oh, he's got to. He'd be silly if he didn't. Same as Lloyd Meek at Fremantle. Would be really silly if he didn't explore. And he's another one that I throw up that West Coast have to be considering uh, behind the scenes because they're going to need ruck back up for Nick Natanui for 2023 and certainly beyond that. There's no way no one you can expect Natanui to go beyond next year. At best, he's going to play a dozen or 15 games next year because I'm not so sure that Nick Natanui can actually become fit enough mm. over the summer. He has to lose 15 or 18 kilos, and uh, and I'm not so sure he can do that. But he'll still be able to play, and I still think he'd be pretty handy, Peter. But I, I just still believe also that West Coast should be thinking about someone like Lloyd Meek He's played, what, the 14 games. He's a 24-year-old and he can't get any and, – and he's going to be sitting back playing with Peel if Jackson comes and shares the ruck work with Darcy. And just uh, speaking about Fremantle, Sam Switkowski has been included in the side for the game on Saturday night. Matt Tabner out with that injury and uh, Henry, of course, the Medi sub. But last week uh, has been left out as well. The emergencies, by the way, are Banfield, Meek, Henry and Hughes for the Fremantle Dockers. Well, Banfield's a bit like – I could draw an, uh, a, a, a parallel with Banfield and, say, Josh Rotham. Mm. Now, Banfield, nearly every week he's on the borderline or he finishes up as the as the sub. Why hasn't the likes of Josh Rotham been handled similarly, where you sort of think, well, gee, he can't, he's, they're not giving him a regular game, but he's right on the edge. He plays some, he doesn't play some. He just, there's better development and man, management with the likes of Bailey Banfield. I know Fremantle's list is healthier, far healthier yeah. in, in this season. It's interesting regarding Josh Rotham. I remember Adam Simpson talking about him a few weeks ago, and he says he's got a lot to learn. And he seemed quite 
strong about Josh Rotham to the point of view where I thought Simo's reading between the lines here. He's not a fan of the young kid, uh, the way he spoke, that he's got a lot to learn. That's why we're sending him back, blah, blah, blah. He needs to learn. He was quite strong, actually, yeah. on the young fella. So, as I said, reading between the lines, I'm not sure whether he's in Simo's plans going forward. And maybe the young fella has also read that as well. Well, I, I, I think it sounds like you know a bit more and I can well, reveal what I think I know is that's exactly the case. The kid feels as though he's the a coach's kicking boy. Mm. Now, the other, if, if Adam Simpson said he's got a lot to learn. He did. Can he I said just, that on the I'm record. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm not, yeah. not, not questioning you at all. But Joth Rotham's been on their list since 2016. Mm. Who's not been teaching him? <laughs> Good call. Good call. 2016. Yeah, not no. last year. That's a good call, Haggis. Uh, can I just also say, at the moment, the Patrick Cripps uh, two-week ban is at the AFL Appeals Board after the tribunal, of course, dismissed the club's challenge. And at the moment, he's rubbed out for the remaining two home and away games. Soon as that verdict is handed down, we'll bring it to you here on Drive. And before it's handed down, what's your tip? Uh, if they've gone to the Appeals Board... Well, the good thing uh, about there's, the there's system... A, go on. Oh, sorry. The good thing about the system is that we, it, it is fair, I think, that you can be done by the MRO, the match yeah, review officer. Take it to the tribunal. You can, you can say, no, I'm not copying that. Go to the tribunal Tuesday. And then if you're not comfortable with that, your legal people and the player and the football manager and the, the, the chief executive say, no, no, we're not copying that. You can then go somewhere else. So, and they're all different bodies. They're all heard by different people. It's not as if you go back to the same people and say, listen, oh, can you change your mind? Mm. But in this case... Oh, <laughs> I'm not so sure that given how strong it Carlton. appears. No. That Carlton have been strong on this, but But the AFL have been strong in Sada saying that, that, that the, the potential to cause injury was there also. Uh, I, I don't see how he can beat it. Mm. But we are going to – hopefully we find out somewhere in the next 40-odd minutes. Well, it started because, at 4 o'clock our yeah. time, so it will drop, I'd say, before 6, before we leave. But they have to come up with, in case you're not aware, everyone – you have to have something completely new and you have to be able to show that there's been an error in law, which is a big one. How can they do that? <laughs> that the decision to ban Patrick Cripps was unreasonable and that no tribunal would take such an unreasonable uh, stance on it or it was manifest, manifestly excessive and an inadequate classification from the tribunal. The penalty was manifestly excessive. The penalty is only two gains. For smashing a kid in the back, nose damage, face damage, concussion out of the game, I don't think a two-game penalty is manifestly yeah. excessive. I, 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 right now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued in trying to debate it. On top of it, before we get a finding, I'd be surprised if you over gets this over. Okay, and I just think it also smacks a bit of desperation by Carlton. They're on the skids a bit, and well, they don't need, you have to be uh, seen to be doing the right thing by your captain as yeah, well, your best and, player and. And also reckon there's a bit of desperation. They know they've got two weeks of trying to rest a slide and maybe stay in the finals race. So oh, they'll probably and, and Brownlow and Brownlow. I think I think Lockie Neal's. You could just about give it to him now. I think mm. he's been so far in front at round twenty-one, but 
I think it's the captain, your best player. You have to show strength and faith in those types of okay. people. Okay. Now, the latest is the Cripps case is going going to go for a while. They're going through line by line of the tribunal case at the moment. But anyway, whatever that means. Thanks, Jimmy, for that. Uh, if it does drop, we'll bring it to you. We're going to take a break. Um, we've got a few texts coming through, and you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Come and join us. It is Derby 55 on Saturday night. How do you see it going? Hags reckons it could be a big win for Frio over West Coast. It's quarter past five. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Twenty past five, come and join us, AFL footy team selections night tonight. Just a couple of texts coming through before we at least uh, joins us on the line. Hi, Pete and Haggers. Why doesn't West Coast and Frio trade between themselves anymore? It makes perfect sense. They're good on your mic. Thanks for that on the temper of bedshed text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. There's, there's, there's a like Eastern Mount on South Mount and don't want to do I, business I with each other or West Perth and East I, Perth don't want to do business with each other. And I reckon at the height of their derby rivalries before the game had become like it has now where at, at the highest level it's it's a full-time profession. It's it's a $80 million a year turnover for West Coast. Fremantle pushing towards that. It's big business. The, the, the ugly... Derby behind the scenes stuff stays there. Mm. They'll be all polite on the service. But I, I think the answer to that question is that deep down West Coast don't want Fremantle people there, haven't wanted them because they've been arrogant enough to sort of say, well, they're not the type of person or player we need. Mm. We can go and develop our own. Last two years, that's not the case. This year with where West Coast are at, the, the worst position I think they've ever been in Worse than 2010 when they won four games and finished last because John Worsfold and Peter Sumich and Trevor Nisbet made a plan and a pact to build, rebuild the place without massive change. Just pull your damn, get your backsides in order. And so get you're on saying this is the worst they've ever been I since think it they is because started we're in 1987. Because we are questioning, a lot of us are questioning, you and I do it almost every session, Peter, probably ad nauseum because there are so many other issues that we could. Yeah. But West Coast, I think, is questionable. Their management over the last two years and the last several months is more than questionable. It is it, it is offensive. It's been mm. poor. They're in a poor position. They've got good draft picks. They've got a pick number one in the preseason draft. They've never had that before. They'd better get it right. And they've got a couple of young guns that want to leave, which is uh, ludicrous. Hello, Lise. How are you? Hi, Peter. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim, you're you depressed. You you're making me depressed tonight, Kim. Come on, please, lift, lift. <laughs> um, I'm going to predict the Eagles are going to beat the Dockers on Saturday because I think the Dockers are going to come out and think that they're going to be a um, Eagles going to be a pushover, um, and I think the Eagles will stand their ground. Um, you probably think I'm delusional, no, but anyway, I, that's I, what I'm going with. Just to support your positive approach, is that. I've got in my notes here. If if there's a problem for Fremantle at all, it just could be a complacency where they're at. But I don't think so because they realise where they're at in terms of their, their marching. They want to march towards the top four. That's why I think no matter what the weather is, Fremantle could win quite comfortably. The other thing, the other sort of strategic and, and matter of fact is that Fremantle's pace, I think, will be very imposing mm. on, on West Coast. Their pace through the midfield, their pace from down the defensive zones and their pace around their forward zones. And I, th I think it can be similar. At worst, 
to the round three derby when Fremantle are smaller players and they, they just run so impressively and have a five or six goal lead at half time. Now, now they could have blown West Coast off the park. West Coast kicks the last two goals to finish up with seven in that round three derby. Uh, Kennedy kicked one and Darling kicked his only goal. At the 30-minute mark of the last quarter, they kicked the last two goals of that game. My suspicion is it can be very similar, more so because I think Fremantle are switched on to not the, so much that this is a derby. This is a game they must win for their top four aspirations. Yeah, yeah. Complacency could be one. The other one too, Lisa, it could be Adam Simpson's ambush strategy. All week he's virtually talked a loss, made excuses, six-day break, oh, we were up. Uh, going to be hard for the players to get up. After and, the emotion of Josh Kennedy's yeah, farewell last and, Sunday. And, and forgetting that they lost that damn game to a bottom four team. Uh, if Fremantle fell for that ambush... It could be closer, but I still think Fremantle should win. Mm. What else, Lise, would you like to throw our way? Oh, yeah, just, just quickly, um, yep. oh, there's, there's three three things I just want to quickly touch on. Um, firstly, on Rioli, I'd be very, very disappointed if he does leave the club for, you know, for how everybody's stuck by him. You know, two years on the sideline. And um, if he goes to Richmond, um, I reckon that's, that'll be very disappointing. And, and I, I don't, you know, admittingly, I'm not, you know, I'm not being callous or anything here. Um, but he, I think his father's um, already had his, you know, there's been a funeral. Yeah. And with the way that the, the club is at the moment, I just don't know why he hasn't come back to play um, on Saturday. Um, and um, I reckon Jermaine Jones, um, Haggis, I think they should play him in, in um, the centre on Saturday against Fremantle because he, he, he's quick, he, you know, he's a good user of the ball and he tackles and, he, you know, he's just, he's just so fast. And, and he's very, very good, you know, controlling the ball. And also, too, um, um, Kim, with, with that um, Tim Kelly um, sling tackle um, yep. last weekend, yep. what's the difference between that and Trent, and, and Trent Cotchin's on Wines? Wines' head hit the ground, and yet there was no, no, answer, no case to answer. Uh, I, I don't think the AFL is keen to take Richmond on. <laughs> I, I just think that's the tall poppy uh, factor. That's that's a conspiracy theory. I, I'm with you. I think they were very similar tackles. In fact, what the wines one uh, from Trent Cotchin was 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 more damaging, uh, more dangerous. I felt, uh, and also even with the the the, the Sam Berry one that that Kelly buried Berry, uh, it it didn't seem as vicious. It was more of a tackle, and he slung him. The game's trying to get that out of the game. I actually thought the Cochin one was more serious. Yeah. And, but my answer to it is that there just seems to be favours to some of the Melbourne clubs. There's bigger favours to the Melbourne clubs. You know, and I'll give you another one to keep an eye to. I reckon Tom Barras is playing for his All-Australian spot in the Derby and then, heaven forbid, against the likes of Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron the following weekend. He's no lock for the All-Australian team because I think there's a Victorian-based bias that's working behind the scenes to keep him out of the All-Australian team, having come from a bottom team over there. Unbelievable. And there's that sort of stuff. Even, Good on you, even Lisa. An, thanks, Lisa. Even Andrew Brayshaw, mm. I understand, is no lock for the All-Australian team. Probably going to get in on the bench. 
and maybe if he has a brilliant derby and a brilliant game against Western Sydney, sneaks into the to the starting eighteen. But it, it's it, it just seems such an Eastern States bias yeah, in and so we have, many ways. And we have this conversation every year with yeah. the All Australian. There's always uh, certainly controversy, but in the end. Apart from your CV as a footballer, really, what does it mean? Now, oh, Willary, it, it can mean money to yeah. certain boys in their contracts. Well, Rioli is an interesting story. Yeah. Can and I say with the Rioli one, I'm with Lisa. If You're he, with Lisa? If he turned his back on West Coast with what West Coast have done for him over the last three years, it would be disgraceful. Disgrace? That's absolute, a strong word. Absolute disgrace if Willie Rioli turns his back on West Coast. My concern with Willie Rioli, though, is this. I'm not convinced that he wants to do the hard yards that's going to be required from the moment this season finishes till the moment next one starts because he's overweight, he's unfit, and he needs to settle right down to be an elite-level West Coast Eagles player to help their revival. I don't think he's thinking about going anywhere else in the AFL. If he's thinking twice about not taking this contract that he's been offered at West Coast, he's thinking about going home to the Tiwi Islands and give the game away because it's all become too hard for him. So you do think he'd be interested in maybe reuniting with family at Richmond and we know how the Indigenous boys Not like with... each other's company and they're supportive of each other. I know that uh, Liam Ryan has been very supportive of Willie Rioli and they've worked together well at the West yep. Coast Eagles. And often when one plays well, the other one plays well because they do feed off each other. It's a hard one. He's lost his dad. Uh, he's gone through a very tough period it might be a chance for him to reconnect with Morris Jr. and Dean at Richmond. It might be what he requires to get some strength mentally. I don't know, Hags. I don't know how he works. But on the other hand, I agree with you and Lisa, the West Coast Eagles have done as much as they can yeah. to try and get him back where he needs to be. Everything you've just said about going somewhere else for, for a mental stimulation to continue your career, do it at West Coast. Because he's unfit, Willie Rioli. He's not playing well. And he's been looked after for three years. And he has a contract offer on the table. Mm -hmm. Sign it. Get on a training program. And play an outstanding 2023 to help the club's revival. That's what really Rioli should be doing. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll get on to the temper of bedshed text line. Uh, there's a few coming through. 0487 736 736. Or the Scarborough Toyota open line that Lisa used at 13.12.55. You're with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn here on SENWA, wherever you may be listening around the state. It's 29 past five. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. with the coaches have done there, boys. Um, got to do due diligence on the oppo. Got to know what's going on. Um, but as they've touched on, like it's it's got to be more about like our plan and what we're doing. Um, and just got to have the utmost like belief in yourself always. Um, I just want to take the opportunity to remind to say that because I won't be here next year to to remind you. Um, I'll be hanging up the the Nikes this year. Um, it's been a yeah, it's been an incredible journey. I've I've, I've loved every minute. Um, Injuries have just caught up with me, so it's just time for me to take my intensity in another direction. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've just cherished every moment, whether it's the 6am punishment sessions, um, charging down the race for, for big finals, or even being scared of schwegs when someone kicks a ball on the roof. Um, just want to take the opportunity to really thank people and, and the coaches, um, and Leon Cameron, of course, who's not here, but just for, 
for believing in me and, and giving me a second chance, but, and then um, but just teaching me over the last six years, but also um, holding me to account and always challenging me to be the best version of myself. Um, I'll always appreciate that, and then the, the empathy and the support over the last sort of couple of months as well. Yeah, there you go. Matt DeBoer telling the players, not a bad effort. He got another six years out of himself after many thought at the end of the 2016-16 season oh. that his season or his career may be over after 138 well, games with Freo. Just quickly on that, you're not talking to one who thought his career was over. He sh- he was he was mistreated, mishandled at Fremantle. He and Tendai Mazungu should not have been run out of Fremantle at the end of 2016. Uh, I, I, and you've got me completely um, sort of unprepared for that. There's no way known... He should have gone from mm. Fremantle in 2016. Ross Lyon handled that appallingly. But he's a great warrior. He's an incredible workaholic. Ended up with 73 games at Sydney, by the way. So one Greater thir- Western Sydney. 138 at Fremantle. Yeah, 211 all up. 223, I got him at. Yeah, so oh. what have you got there? No, that's no, 223. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's th- but he's 32, mm. and, and because of the way he's played, the bang, crash, uh, and this is where I sort of fear a little bit for, say, Nathan Fife and, and other players that have been so heavy with their buffeting uh, in the midfield. And in DeBoer's case, he's been mainly a tagger. I think that's where he's made his, uh, made his uh, reputation. But the other thing that I've got here about um, Matt DeBoer, he's incredibly popular. He's, he's just, as a team player, at a, at a respective organisation. So when he was at Fremantle, when he was at Western Sydney, so popular with how he set standards for training, for discipline, but also to, to speak in the right times in meetings, to take uh, issues on behalf of player groups to management. Just an incredibly popular person. He's a, he's a ripping bloke. Yeah. And a little bit biased. He should never have been forced to leave Fremantle. That was another one of the many mistakes that Ross Lyon made yeah. from 2016 till they finally got rid of him in 2019. Okay, let's look at the uh, temper of bedshed text line. Yeah, just confirming 223 games, uh, 83 goals uh, and 32 and years of age. 83 goals. When he did leave Fremantle, he wasn't a reliable goalkeeper. <laughs> Every time he did have a kick, you go, oh, this will go anywhere. Uh, no name on this, but how can Barris be in the All-Australian team? He is the main key defender in the team, which has leaked the most points in the AFL this season. <laughs> that not... certainly counts against him. Yeah, and justifiably too, I think. Uh, I also believe that as this discussion has grown stronger in recent weeks, when you start to look at, well, who is the All-Australian? What is the 40-man the squad going to be in, uh, in two, you know, late, not next week, early the week after, straight after round 23, they'll release a group of 40. And uh, I reckon the likes of Brennan Cox will be in that, mm-hmm. which means he's a candidate for a, probably not a key defensive position, but say a back pocket. And I think that's his main position, back pocket. Brennan Cox, because he is so reliable. He has beaten his opponent time and time and time and time again, whereas Tom Barras has been up and down somewhat. Probably not in the All-Australian team, Tom Barras, because I think Stephen May is an outstanding, mm. has to be in it. I like Darcy Moore, Jacob Wiedemann for, from um, Wiedering from Carlton, Carlton. But I don't think he's – who would you take as a better key defender subjectively – Barras is a contender. But when you look at the numbers that the Australian selectors will look at as well, 
I think Stephen May and certainly the likes of Darcy Moore stack up more so than Tom Brady. Okay, uh, Roy of Templestone in Melbourne. Great points, Lisa, who was on. Uh, when are you getting your own show? She's not far away, let me tell you. Uh, here's one <laughs> from Paul. It's not cheap purchasing an Eagles membership from 11 home games this year. They've only had one win. I don't think Freo, at their worst, only had one win from an 11-game home block of matches. West Coast need to appear to be doing something to keep their members happy so they can keep renewing their memberships. Paul, that's a valid point. That, that is a valid point. Memberships are the backbone financially, yeah, season by season of any AFL club, and that's why they preach how many members they do have. Uh, and the Eagles, of course, now around the 100,000 mark. But you're right, Frio, in their darkest days under Damien uh, Drum, two, how many, when they won two games for the season. Uh, and, and both of them. Were they here? Uh, yeah, uh, both. One was, well, the, round 18 was their first one uh, in at uh, Marvel, or then, then yeah. So they only would have won one here. Won one here. Yeah, so so, that, and that, that was under Ben Allen. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> he won that's the two sweet. games out yeah. of his 13. That's but, right. But uh, the thing is with West Coast, I wonder how many other Eagles fans are starting to feel the way of – that was who was Paul, was it? Uh, Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul, it's a very good point about their membership. West Coast have lost 14 of their last 16 home games. West Coast have only won four of their last 29. Uh, are you getting your membership value? But the thing is with a lot of West Coast people's, uh, people, and I've said it numerous times, I think they can bounce back pretty quickly. But I'm making, I'm trusting the management that is there to get this next couple of months right. Get the draft right. Get picks. Let, let's say this is where it sits right now. Pick two, pick 20, pick 25, pick 38, and pick number one or two mm. in the preseason draft. Get all of them right as well as get everyone fit they can come back pretty quickly, a bit like 2010 into 2011 when they bounced from 16th to finish in the top four. That won't happen next year. I can't I'm not see saying that. I, no, 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 I, no. Yeah, I no, can't see that happening next year. Here's another one. Isaiah Windup, 33 disposals through the midfield in the waffle last week, 20 years old, got to get games into him. And that's from uh, a first-time Texer on the uh, Temperate Bedshed text line. Pete, thanks for that. Well, he's, he's called up. As an emergency, he was an emergency last week, I think, as well, Peter. So he is an emergency for Saturday evening. And I did get told late this afternoon to keep an eye to movement from within the West Coast Eagles named team. There are players that are injury prone, but they've been asked by Coach Adam Simpson if you can get through because we haven't got many available. We're going to have too many out so, so Nat knew he'd be one of those. I think Nat knew he's extremely doubtful. I said mm -hmm. that back on Monday. Uh, his knee is knackered. It's playing up. It's swelling. Uh, but they wanted to see how the likes of Nat Anui and Jake Waterman went through training today after consultation with medical staff during the course of the week. Mm -hmm. And that's why Isaiah Winder, given the conditions especially, he should play if they're going to start to look to the future ahead of Greg Clark or, or Patrick Nash, who are the other emergencies. He should play. If they need a change, it should be Winder on his waffle form. Mm -hmm. And also, let's find out if he's any good. Yeah. Does he stay on the list? Because they're going to have to drop some. And I think West Coast could delist up to 10 or 12 players, Peter. They've got some automatics. Uh, we know Kennedy's gone. We know um, uh, Brad Shepard is still on the list officially. Mm. So he's another spot that goes. And I think the likes of Jack Redden should be thinking about whether he goes on or not, or the club should be saying to him, we need to move you on mm. because we need to play, get players in because... Is, is Shannon Hearn a lock now, or are they still discussing it from what you know? From what I understand, it is still up for discussion. Right, okay. Because he wants to go on. Adam Simpson wants him to go on. 
but there are others that would like to think that we make more change. It does depend on what they get through the draft. Okay, let's go to Roy, who's joined us. Hello, Roy. How are you? G'day, Pete. G'day, Kim. How are we going? G'day, Roy. Um, just uh, you're talking about West Coast membership, and I'm a uh, you know you know I'm passionate Eagles man. Yep. But when you when you get a, Mel- a Melbourne membership, right? They say hypothetically there's four games in Mel- in Melbourne and MCG and Eddie had, but it doesn't count the game in Geelong. And you get a tw- and you get and so you, you're down to four games. Yep. You're, you're down to five games in Mel- in Victoria, but it doesn't count for the game in Geelong. And you get a twenty-five dollar um, gift gift voucher. Right. You know what I mean, if you don't, how much? Uh, how much do you pay for an Eagles membership in Melbourne? It's a it's a three eighty, I think, or three three. It's about three fifty, three eighty, or something. Right. Something on those lines. Okay. Okay. And for that, you get uh, four games. You get your four games um, if it's at the MCG and. Marvel. Normally, I'd, if I get a ticket, if I get a ticket, like last time I went to Geelong to get, and I paid sixty dollars to get to get a seat. Gee whiz! Okay, good one, Roy. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for shedding a light on exactly how much it costs you and how many games you get see, so for that, that membership. But, but, but Roy would be one member amongst the hundred thousand that they've got. Yeah, um, and also amongst those hundred thousand members, very. Very few of them have got, well, there's about 40,000 of them that haven't got a seat at the stadium. Mm, mm. So they're waiting for that. Okay. We're going to take a break, Hags, and then we're going to go through all the other teams because there's yep. some, uh, certainly Sydney uh, Collingwood's a big game this weekend. We'll bring you up to date with that. I want to talk about Brody Grundy during the course of the week. Uh, what about Dusty Martin? Uh, of course, he won't play reportedly any more home and away footy. They're saving him for the finals. Uh, Damien Hardwick spoken about that. That's all coming your way after the break here on Drive with Peter Vlaos and Kim Hagnon on this Thursday night. All thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, well, he's got two years of his contract to run, so unless you know something that I don't, he's a Richmond man and Richmond player. So, look, you've got to realise how important this guy is to, to the way we play the game. So uh, the longer we've got Dustin Martin now, our building, the better for us. Yeah, well, we are. And I think what happens is it's the 80-20 rule. I think the 80% of stories that are out there that Dustin's a contracted player is easy. and But the 20% of Dustin might go creates the media speculation that gets clicks. So from us, we know exactly where he's at. We've got a really strong belief of where he's at. Um, and once again, it's driven by a lot of external forces that we really can't control. So Damien Hardwick, the Richmond coach regarding Dustin Martin, who won't return until at least the finals. Uh, naturally, if Richmond are there, we just think they are. But there's the strongest signal yet that they expect their superstar to remain in yellow and black. It's interesting, sometimes... No, they, they didn't say, and Dustin Martin wasn't at that media no, conference but, to say... but he mentioned about 20%. All, the let's, 20%. Let's end all of this. I am staying at Richmond. Yeah. Or even Damien Hardwick didn't stay there. Oh, look... With all this speculation around, let's put it to rest. Dusty and I met this morning, and Neil Barmore is close by or whatever. It is over. Let's end this now. He's out until after the final, after the home and away. We hope we're playing finals. Dusty is going to play in the finals, and he'll be with us next year. That is categoric. They're not saying that. No. And just as an aside to it, to to support it, and as an addendum, it just gets getting stronger that he's going to Western Sydney. Dustin Martin mm-hmm. for Western Sydney. i tell you what I can also mention to you, Peter, relating to all of that, is that the coach in demand 
Alistair Clarkson, is ringing around players, especially North Melbourne players and Western Sydney players and their agents and representatives, trying to ascertain who's moving, who's not, who's going to stay at North, who might go. So Cameron Zerha, for So instance, the Giants are back on the radar. He's, he's looking at the list and the availability of players because Gito West looked like losing a lot of players. They've yeah. got salary cap troubles for next Hopper, year. Hopper, Taranto, which are big-name players. Yeah. Brune. Yeah. And, and Alistair Clarkson is ascertaining as best he can who might be here, who's not going to be here before he makes his final decision. So Western Sydney not out of it, but more so, I'm led to believe, North Melbourne. He's trying to encourage anyone who's thinking about going, don't go until I decide what I'm doing because if you're there, I'm more likely to be there. That's my understanding. And even Cameron Zerha is a classic. In deep talks with Essendon, deep talks with Essendon, four-year deal on the table to Cam Zerha to go to Essendon, but it seems as though the Clarkson communications is making everyone sit back to wait and see. He wants to know what numbers he's going to have for North Melbourne. Okay, let's have a look at Sydney Collingwood, uh, Haggers. Uh, it is the Sunday afternoon game at the SCG. It's a pivotal game for both clubs. As we know, Collingwood have gone 11 uh, without loss and uh, Sydney by many, uh, one of the fancies to maybe play in that final game in September. This is a big one at the SCG, the feature match of round 22. Oh, absolutely the match. I, I, I reckon this will actually rival uh, last Friday night's Melbourne-Collingwood game. That's mm-hmm. the best game I've seen this year. Even though Melbourne lost, you still saw enough in Melbourne to think they're one of the best few teams in the competition. And another one of the best few teams in the competition in Collingwood got over the top of them with the way Collingwood have been playing. And so, therefore, you can't discount Collingwood beating Sydney on on uh, Sunday. I'm not going that way, though. I think Sydney. Collingwood have got some flu troubles, I, I believe. So, even though the team they've named... Uh, has uh, there's no change from last weekend, and why would you if everyone's healthy? But they're not fully healthy. There's a bit of a flu around, so come Sunday we might have some protocols. You know, it might even have turned into a bit of a COVID. Mm. I don't know. I'm only guessing there, but it it rivals last Friday night as the game of the season for mine because this one, Pete, this Sydney Collingwood game, Sydney fourth at 14 and 6, Collingwood second at 15 and 5. Do I have to repeat that? Can anyone not believe <laughs> that that's the case? But they're, they're, they're two glamour sides of the competition yeah. going head to head. This probably decides top four. The loser falls back into the scramble in round 23 with the likes of Fremantle, Melbourne, Brisbane. Who's Sydney got in round 23, Hags? Uh, sorry, uh, question without notice. Just pull out your book there. But 23, I think they've got a pretty easy yeah, matchup. Kilda at yeah, Marvel. okay. So, so, so I, that's where I think Sydney probably beat Collingwood and probably beat St, St. Kilda, Kilda in the last game. Yeah. And that's when I think Sydney finish in the top – they probably finish top – they finish second or third. Mm. And that's what's up for grab for this one. And then one Collingwood, Colling- of course, go down here. But they should beat Carlton they, in the final game of the yeah, MCG. I think Carlton a shot. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Carlton lose their last couple to be uh, everybody, which would mean four in a row to finish the season. The Adelaide one has really killed them at Adelaide Oval la, uh, two weeks ago. Then to Brisbane. Now, Melbourne, Collingwood. I, I think Carlton lose both of those, even if Patrick Cripps get off. And we're still waiting for no, that. No, there's no heard, word yet, is there, fellas? No, a two-team uh, producers yeah. uh, team in there. The other thing, too, I think we'll rule St Kilda out tomorrow night. I, I don't think they're going to beat Brisbane. St Kilda have lost three of the last four to Brisbane, and Brisbane have won five of their last six at Marvel. So Marvel's not a problem to Brisbane. It's the MCG so much. I think the Bulldogs' dwindling finals hopes probably hinge on winning on Saturday, Peter, and I think they do that. I think they beat uh, Western Sydney. Adelaide and North. I'm not, I've got a big question mark on this game. Even though Adelaide were impressive against West Coast, 
It's at home against North. But I think still think North can win a game or two in their last couple. They've got Gold Coast to finish the season. North could win a game here in the last week or two. And then I think they finish above West Coast. West Coast finish last. Geelong will beat Gold Coast. Melbourne, I reckon, will beat Carlton on Saturday as well. On Sunday, I reckon Richmond beat Hawthorne. Sydney beat Collingwood. And I think Port will beat Essendon, even though it's at Marvel. And Fremantle, West Coast... I think Freeman will win that. Okay, in just, the wet by five goals. Just quickly, so. Pat Cripps's uh, appeals board hearing. Christopher Townsend, uh, Cripps's counsel, is currently one hour and forty-five oh. minutes into his submission. He has been talking the entire time. It's quite something, and I think you can view it on AFL.com, can't you? .au. So there you go, you can follow it. Hackers, another great week, mate. Enjoy yeah. the weekend. Yeah, we'll wrap up the Derby on Monday, and everything else is happening in AFL footy. And I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 on the Tab Touch Lounge.